Hello there, and greetings to you. Welcome to Duel of the Takes, the movie and pop culture podcast that pins the wildest, most unpopular opinions head-to-head. Today, we are supposed to be joined by friend of the show and reoccurring guest, Nicholas Worman, but due to a scheduling conflict, that didn't happen. So we came to a group decision that we would look up the filmography of Josh Gad and determine if it was any good. My name's Nathaniel Martin, and I am joined by my regular co-hosts, Joshua Kubis, Alden Mason, and Jory Boston. Welcome to Duel of the Takes. We don't know where our guest is at, but... You can find our guest over on YouTube at So Far So Good. <laughs> They're putting out uh, weekly content from now until the end of time, which might be later this year, seeing the way things are going. <laughs> Nicholas Worman is listening. He's, uh, he's a good good fan of the show, good friend of the show. We don't know where he's at. He's missing an action. We, Josh and I are crashing his wedding confirmed in May, so we will have a YouTube video corresponding with crashing our guest's uh, wedding. Nick, if you're listening, I hope you're okay. Are you safe? God, God bless. <laughs> oh. Nick, if you're listening. <laughs> Nick, if you're listening, I'm still the draft champion. <laughs> the constant debate. <laughs> in, in loving memory of Nicholas Rorman. <laughs> what, is, what is Nick changing his last name to? What's his fiance's last name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rachel Carmichael is changing her last name to Rorman. She's going to be Rachel Rorman. In memory of Nick Rorman. Nick Carmichael, we can't wait to have you on. <laughs> Honestly, Nicholas Carmichael sounds a little better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, while this is turning into the roast of our guest, <laughs> we got into a bit of a, de- a debate. I think mostly Josh and Jory did with uh, Nick uh, relatively recently in our uh, Hot Takes channel on the Discord. So if you're not in our Discord and you're listening now, come on, join the Discord before it goes behind a Patreon paywall once the show actually takes off. (laughs) I spilled my beer. We are down to argue with you 24-7. Yeah, one of us will respond to your shitty hot take, send it 2 o'clock in the morning. It'll probably not be me but one of us will. <laughs> and if not, Callum will. So that's the duel of the takes guarantee. Um, Callum Buddy will have discovered that he was in fact not dreaming while he was playing Luigi's Mansion. Because he's like, I know everything about that game. I'm like, that's not what a totem is supposed to be. <laughs> so I don't think you would be able to tell in like less than a second if some one thing was messed up with Luigi's Mansion. Callum's just going to speed run Luigi's Mansion every time he thinks he might be in a dream. Hang on, let's see how long what's the world record for luigi's mansion <laughs> i think it's sub 13 minutes now don't quote me on that i That's feel like it's slower. it might be eight minutes and 43 seconds holy shit <laughs> maybe that is a good totem jory <laughs> i don't know every other totem in the movie like the Cobbs was probably the one that took the longest and you could determine after like 10 seconds <laughs> that you were dreaming or not well anyway what we're gonna do uh, uh josh jory and, and nick got in a heated argument i believe in the hot takes channel here on our discord if josh gad was a, a good actor or a, a bad actor. So um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about all of his movies, and we're gonna try to rank them from best to worst. Uh, th- this isn't like a normal ranking where we come prepared. We all have our takes predetermined. 
uh, with with our guest missing in action. We are doing this all impromptu and on the spot. I've got IMDb pulled up, and uh, yeah, we're gonna try this. I'm a little scared. This is a this is a duel of the takes first. Well, up first, we've got one of his first movies, one that I've never heard of, <laughs> but directed and written by John R. Hamilton. We've got Mary and Joe. Guys, I guys, before we get started, I just want to bring everybody's attention to one fact that I just discovered. So Josh Gad has voiced Olaf in 11 separate projects. So it is very possible for us to have a top 10 consisting only of Josh Gad as Olaf. So we are only looking at his movies today. Okay. 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 Fe feature films, I should say. That didn't stop my Eddie Murphy ranking. Top 20, I think. Maybe 19. Well, We'll figure it out. The top 19 or 20. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Who fucking cares? This is going to be a really weird episode. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> the plot to Mary and Joe 2002, one of uh, Josh Gad's first movies. What if Jesus were born in the year 2002 to a young Jewish couple? in New York City instead of Bethlehem two millennia ago. Mary is an 18-year-old high school senior, and Joe, her fiancé, is 23, working hard to get TechWeb, established as an internet consulting firm. Would anyone believe Mary and Joe's claim to abstinence? What kind of advice would they receive from family, friends, neighbors, and folks at the corner deli? Spurning her mother's insistence that she get on with her life, Mary is thrown out of the house, rejected by Joe, and expelled from school as she grows larger with child. Her family doctor is baffled. His examination reveals her story to be true. Mary goes to live with her beautician cousin in a crowded apartment and begins to lose heart. But a sassy Hispanic angel in a Mets cap and jacket wrestles Joe in an alleyway and makes him listen to the divine message of the mir miraculous. Fear not. The couple is reunited and together face a hostile and unbelieving world chock full of ethnic flavor, whimsy, doubt, faith, joy, and wonder. Mary and Joe is a delightful surprise as the old story is brought into the present with a startling freshness and power. I'll tell you what. So this sounds hmm. pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so so theoretically though, um, Damn, that was a little Ben Shapiro. Hold on. <laughs> Theoretically, of course, if Mary was a virgin. If the virgin birth happened in 2002, then whatever year the actual birth of Jesus was, wouldn't society as we know it be so different by the time we get to 2002? I think this is quite the paradox, Josh, because I think if Jesus was never uh, real, a lot of things would be different, including our calendar. So, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think this would be very confusing. How would we know if it's 2002 if the original Jesus was never born two millennia ago? Wait a second. Does she give birth to the Antichrist in this movie? <laughs> Um, the trailer is 44 minutes long. Is this whole movie just up on IMDb for free? <laughs> what? It might be. Hang on. Let's look. Uh, I click it and it goes to a two minute long trailer. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, but you can watch it on IMDb. No, they're just redirecting you to Amazon. I understand now. This became a Mary and Joe commentary track. <laughs> Log line. What if we were still waiting for the first Christmas? Wow. <laughs> wow. I guess as we're just going through these titles initially do we just say if they're top 10 material because half of them are going to be <laughs> do we do we lock them <laughs> i feel like this 
isn't top 10 material, but the way that I'm writing this list, at least, it's the only thing on the list. So therefore, it is number one right now. I would like to point out that he's 10th in the cast list on IMDb. He's credited as Angel, and I think he might be the sassy Hispanic angel that beats up Joe in the alleyway. I think. <laughs> Interesting. I, I think I think Nate's right, because that's exactly what I thought as well. I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't know why else they would mention that one scene if it wasn't their biggest actor at this point. They couldn't afford Luis Guzman, so they were like, all right, let's get some random Jewish guy that sort of looks like him. I, I think this might be how we do it. Um, in, in loving memory of Roger and Ebert, now that Josh Gad is going to be playing uh, uh, Roger... Uh, God. Fuck. No, it's Siskel and Ebert, and uh, he's playing uh, Roger Ebert. Roger and Ebert? Sorry. Siskel and Ebert, in loving memory of them. We're going to give this a thumbs up or a thumbs down if we would recommend the movie Mary and Joe, and uh, uh, the number of thumbs per movie is how we'll we'll rank them. <laughs> I know it sounds a little convoluted, but I've got the notes in front of me. I'll make it work. The only problem I can see with this, Nate, is these are all Josh Gad movies. I don't anticipate myself recommending any of them. Okay, that's fair. But I'm giving Mary and Joe a thumbs up. I would watch this movie right now. So Nick just said he's sorry, but that doesn't give us an answer if he's coming or not. You know what? Since Nick is sorry, I would also watch Mary and Joe right now. We'll give it a thumbs up now. <laughs> I'm giving it a thumbs down josh what do you think you're the deciding thumb i'm gonna give it a thumbs up hell yeah i like this this is like gladiator <laughs> so i'm sorry i was messaging nick back is that three or four thumbs up that's three thumbs ups i think somebody put how often are all four hosts online at once when we record what yes exclusively when we record <laughs> how do they think we put this podcast together <laughs> <laughs> five years later we've got uh Watching the Detectives, starring Killian Murphy. Wait, he didn't act for five years? Uh, the best part is he is at the bottom of the cast list on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, written and directed by Paul Soder, uh, starring Killian Murphy, Lucy Liu, Jason Sudeikis. I mean, that's pretty much it, but a pretty stacked cast here for another indie darling. We've got Watching the Detectives. Unfortunately, there is no synopsis for watching the detectives, but there is a plot summary. Neil, a self-proclaimed film geek and owner of Gumshoe Video, has always been content to live vicariously through his favorite film's noir. But when he meets Violet, a real-life femme fatale, his mundane world gets turned upside down and the line between reality and the movies quickly begins to blur. Will Neil step up and embrace a life full of adventure or retreat back to his comfortable couch? This is uh, pretty relatable, gotta say. Yeah, this sounds pretty neat, actually. I like that Lucy Liu's playing a real-life femme fatale, and uh, I like that Killian Murphy's a film buff in this. Yeah, before he would become the Scarecrow. This movie probably has a, a lot less Josh Gad than these other movies, so for that alone, a thumbs up. I'm thumbs-upping this one, yeah. I think this is a unanimous recommendation from the Duel of the Dicks crew. <laughs> uh, this is a movie I want to watch. I'm a fan of Lucy Liu. I am too. I love Lucy Liu. So, watching The Detectives has four thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs>
Up next, we've got 21. <laughs> ben Campbell's dream has always been to go to Harvard Medi Medical School. He is well on his way. He's bright and hardworking, which he applies to both his schoolwork and his, his part-time but low-paying job at Men's Clothier. In his senior year at MIT, he has been accepted into Harvard Medical School, but, do but does not have the $300,000 it will take to finance it. He impresses one of his professors, Mickey Rosa, in class, and his quick mind and ability to deal with the issue at hand without letting his emotions take over. Based on that, Mickey invites him into a small but secret society of students that have a system of winning at blackjack through counting cards. They play in Vegas on a system of codes, rules, and alternate identities, and where each person involved has a very specific role. This offer does not initially interest the straight-laced Ben until he is approached by Jill Taylor, another of those in the group, and upon who... Ben has a crush. He accepts their offer to be done. One of the big players on the understanding that he will do it only until he has enough to finance his Harvard education. Once Ben gets a taste of the big life, it starts to affect his original plan, including having unforeseen consequences of alienating his closest friends. He is also unaware that a casino security consultant named Cole Williams is on their, on their tail. Williams, who is working on his own personal agenda, ultimately greed pride ego desperation and revenge all play into how involvement in this group affects ben's life plan wow this main character sounds boring also starring kevin spacey starring kevin spacey as the instructor who tries to coerce his students into committing illegal acts of gambling you could have just left it off without the of gambling um yeah josh gets like 28th build in this too i don't think he's prominently featured so <laughs> This sounds like a thumbs up for me. I've seen this movie. It's been about a decade, but I've seen this movie. A thumbs up if he's that low on the bill. I'll also give it a thumbs up. Also, while you were explaining that, I found a poll result of a casting for The Penguin, and Josh Gad is number seven. Yikes. That's a little high. <laughs> number number one is Andy Serkis with the most votes, and number two is Paul Giamatti. Base. <laughs> Peter Dinklage made the top five. I feel like Josh Gad is just penguin-shaped already. Yeah, Jonah Hill got lower than him at number eight. <laughs> I feel like if this was, like, War Dogs Jonah Hill, I would be like Jonah Hill could be the penguin, because the dude was a beach ball in that movie yo what the fuck daniel radcliffe's number 12 hmm? i mean if they went with colin firth or not colin firth colin farrell elijah woods number 16 what the fuck i'm glad i'm not the only one that mixes up colin firth and colin farrell all the time i know which one's which but i always call them by the wrong name i never seen an imdb poll before that was interesting but anyway anyway back to something less interesting all right alden were you a thumbs up or thumbs down for 21 uh i didn't answer but i think i'm a thumbs up sweet so four thumbs up for 21 we're gonna have more thumbs down as the movies go on <laughs> thanks for explaining the bit josh <laughs> All right, we've got the rocker. This was the Rain Wilson vehicle uh, as he broke into a summer comedy. Josh Gad plays uh, Matt, who is the band, the manager of this really shitty rock band that Rain Wilson is the drummer for. Um, should I read this whole synopsis? No, no, I think that was enough. Cool. I'm giving this one a thumbs down. I don't know about you, fellas. Yeah, this just sounds cringe. I'm gonna watch the trailer. If I'm trying to watch a movie where Rain Wilson is involved that has to do with somebody who's into rock music, I'm going to watch Hesher. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But this supporting cast is kind of stacked. Hang on. So Rain Wilson and Josh Gad are first and second build. Then we got Christina Applegate, 
Emma Stone, Jeff Garland, Jane Lynch, Jason Sudeikis, Will Arnett, Fred Armisen, Bradley Cooper. Yo, what? How'd they get all these people? I'm watching the trailer, and this seems very weird. Aziz Ansario is also in here. This is a big cast. I have a feeling that this was like a follow-up, sort of, to like Walk Hard. So like they were kind of riding off of the success of that movie was this the avengers of like late 2000s com comedians with the first 48 seconds of the trailer i'm thumbs upping this <laughs> i'm not watching the rest of the trailer though <laughs> all right we got or the movie for that matter you got one thumbs up from all anyone else giving this thumbs up <laughs> i'm gonna give it a thumbs down we got one thumbs up for rocker i hope that this is like secretly an underrated film <laughs> josh uh you should look up the synopsis or at least the cast for Crossing Over on IMDb. <laughs> crossing Over, let me take a look. I think while you were offline, we briefly talked about this cast and we're very confused. Yo, what the fuck? <laughs> what is happening? What is this movie? This is another movie that it looks like Josh Gad is like not in this movie. <laughs> I'm trying to find him on the full cast list and oh, I found him. He's like, there he is. Howie. He's Howie. He's like 30. <laughs> Mahershala Ali is also in this movie. This could be Kino. Crossing Over is a multi-character canvas about immigrants of different nationalities struggling to achieve legal status in Los Angeles. Oh, uh, never mind. The film deals with the border, document fraud, the asylum and green card process, worksite enforcement, naturalization, the Office of Counterterrorism, and a clash of cultures. Starring Harrison Ford and Ray Liotta. This sounds really diverse and cutting edge. Yeah, this movie came out in 2009, so I'm not allowed to say what I'm thinking. This sounds like boneless Argo. <laughs> this sounds like dog shit Argo. This sounds like we have Argo at home. <laughs> and this was pre-Argo too. Dude, look at these pictures of Harrison Ford on set in a police uniform taking Hispanic immigrants out of their home. This is fucked. <laughs> Oh no. Well, I'm going to judge a movie by its poster and thumbs down this. This looks horrible. It's got a 38 meta score too, so I don't <laughs> I don't think we'd get in trouble for giving this four thumbs down. The director of this directed a uh, Pawn Shop Chronicles. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> a, a movie about pawn shops. Yo, what the fuck is this? Paul Walker stars in it? What year was this? 2013. Didn't he die like a month later, Matt Dillon also stars in that movie. Brendan Fraser is in that movie. Yo, wait a minute. Vincent D'Onofrio, Norman Reedus. All right. It's Elijah Wood. Maybe this movie is Kino. Is Kino? What movie are you guys even talking about? Pawn Shop Chronicles. <laughs> All right. You know what? Because Pawn Shop Chronicles looks like a banger. I'm thumbing up. <laughs> I'm going to give it a thumbs up, too. <laughs> Two thumbs up for this really problematic looking Harrison Ford movie <laughs> that Josh Cad probably plays a Hispanic immigrant in. Oh my god, Jory, do you see the pictures of these uh for Pawn Shop Chronicles? The poster alone is <laughs> the Elvis impersonator. Is that Brendan Fraser? I think he's the Elvis impersonator. <laughs> he is. Yeah, yeah, crossing over gets a thumbs up from me. In a more serious note, uh Marmaduke. <laughs> uh, Josh Gad really hit his stride in his career by uh, shifting into voiceover work for feature films in which he voices the character 
bandana dog in marmaduke 2010 starring owen wilson as marmaduke wow. emma stone's also in this movie george lopez uh steve coogan fergie Kiefer sutherland two of the waynes brothers sam elliott fergie <laughs> William H. Macy. I mean, there's a lot of celebrities voicing animals in this movie. And then, like, number 52 in the voice cast is uh, your man, Josh Gad. In fact, he's the last billed person on IMDb. (laughs) I can't believe this is one of the movies that I've actually seen on this list. Listen, before Kiefer Sutherland voiced Big Boss in Metal Gear Solid 5, he was Bosco in Marmaduke. (laughs) So this movie exists in the same space in my head as Marley and Me because they're both movies about dogs that feature Owen Wilson, except in Marley and Me, he's the owner of a dog, but then the next summer, he's voicing Marmaduke. (laughs) (laughs) I saw them both with my whole family as a child in theaters, and they exist in the same, like, space in my brain i feel like this movie is extremely similar to uh the adventures of rocky and bullwinkle <laughs> except like that movie's kind of good yeah i was about to say that movie's kind of secret kino <laughs> okay maybe this movie isn't secret kino <laughs> maybe i'm just misjudging rocky and bullwinkle i kind of put this movie in the same tier as like one of the alvin and the chipmunk sequels yeah or like garfield yeah and that and that kind of tier. like the road chip Yes, yes, this is a road chip level movie. Now don't compare it to Garfield 2, Tale of Two Kitties. Now Chipwrecked, Alvin and the Chipmunks Chipwrecked is is Kino. It's secret Kino. <laughs> you've got uh you've got David Cross walking around in a chicken suit stranded on an island for half this movie. It's great. Is it better than Arrested Development season four? Yo, the yes. first three Elvin and the Chipmunks won Best Picture at the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. <laughs> when, are gonna, when are we going to admit that they were right? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who won Best Picture for those years and put, put them against each other. Right. Which Chipmunk is getting the Best Picture at the Kids <laughs> Choice Awards? Um, Elvin and the Chipmunks won. Came out. I'll do some research. I'll let you guys know. <laughs> All right, all right, Marmaduke, 2010. What are we feeling here? I'm gonna th- thumbs up for Fergie. Okay, I'm gonna thumbs down for Fergie. <laughs> <laughs> I want Fergie in Marmaduke movies, so she's not in the Black Eyed Peas. I, I think I'm joining Alden in the thumbs up here. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Thumbs down for Fergie. <laughs> Two thumbs up for Marmaduke. You gotta have the snippet of Fergie singing "Sweet Child of Mine" at the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, um, uh, in 2008. The year that the Alvin and the Chipmunks won would have been eligible for Best Picture. Uh, no Country for Old Men won. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Okay. I think that's justified. I think there's a toss-up. I think it's close. The plot's kind of similar. Oh my god. I'll let you guys know about the squeakle after we do the next one. Alright, we've got Love and Other Drugs. A, uh, what is this, a rom-com? Yeah, with, um, and... With Jake Gyllenhaal, Anne Hathaway, Judy Greer again, Oliver Pratt's here, uh, Josh Gad, fifth build in this movie. So that's something. This movie is actually very good. In 1990s Pittsburgh, a medicine peddler starts a relationship with a young woman suffering from Parkinson's disease. Got some heart to it, I imagine. Josh Gad plays the fat roommate. This this looks okay. I'm going to give it a thumbs up because finally he was casted in a position he should have been. <laughs> the funny fat where he should always remain not funny 
just fad roommate. This movie is actually very good. I've uh, seen it. I've forgotten a lot of it, so it's not like terribly good, but it's a it's a pretty good uh, rom-com. Yeah, this looks good. I'll watch anything with Jake Gyllenhaal in it once, so this is a thumbs up for me as well. I think this is probably, at least from my perspective, like the first like good, like I could see myself possibly rewatching this movie that we've talked about. I'm not a writer. I'm an animator. I'm not a comedian. I'm Josh Gad. It's a thumbs up for me, and it sounds like a thumbs up from Jory. Josh Alden, where do you guys stand? I'll thumbs it up. I'll give it a thumbs up. Four thumbs up for love and other drugs. So now Alvin and the Chipmunks, the squeak will came out in 2009. Best Picture winner in 2010 was The Hurt Locker. Honestly, the sequel might be better than The Hurt Locker. Yeah. <laughs> the Kids' Choice Awards were over on the Oscars that year. <laughs> so, like, Zachary Levi is, uh, is like, the replacement for Dave in that movie. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, he is. Because Dave falls off an escalator or something. <laughs> Jason Lee was pissed that he got roped into more than one of these movies. My question now is, when is the Alvin and the Chipmunks Shazam crossover? The Jason Lee's career is really weird. Imagine going from Syndrome to Alvin and the Chipmunks right after. You're forgetting the fact that he had My Name is Earl on network television in between then. My Name is Earl is pretty keno. My Name is Earl is a very good show. But we're not talking about good things. We're talking about the 2012 movie, She Wants Me. How deep down in the list of the cast is this guy? Wait, 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 wait. What about Mardi Gras Spring Break? What is that? that that's a TV special. I'm just not counting it. Okay. Wait, everybody has character names but Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen's just playing Charlie Sheen. A neurotic writer working on his new film gets into a tricky situation when an A-list actress shows interest in the role intended for his girlfriend. Hilary Duff is in this? If you mix Ferris Bueller in a blender with Ali Singer, Woody Allen in Annie Hall, and Larry David, the result would be Sam Baum, parentheses, Josh Gad. <laughs> He's a lovable, quirky, neurotic New York native living in L.A. with his beautiful girlfriend, Sammy. A girl he knows how lucky he is to have in his life, since she was previously married to John, a tall, fit, gorgeous, extremely successful Harvard Med School graduate who she's re remained cordial with. Before Sammy, Sam hasn't had much success romantically. He's an emerging filmmaker filmmaker with one feature film under his belt that nobody's heard of. Wow, this feels a little too real. <laughs> <laughs> and she's an aspiring actress, oh, aching for her big break, which may never come unless Sam offers her the female lead in his next project, which he does. The night before one of the hottest, most in-demand actresses working today, Hilary Duff, expresses interest playing the role <laughs> <laughs> sam wears his heart on his sleeve and has always been honest with sammy but now he's caught in a pickle happy birthday megan nay I, I i have to say I'm, I'm very uncomfortable with how many freudian slips are coming into this little synopsis. <laughs> yeah this sounds like a little too real to me personally i think josh gad's probably well cast here and uh this might be my chasing amy to you jory <laughs> <laughs> Josh Gad really does have like the, oh, I'm the comedian that wrote the script for this movie and I have a supermodel wife. Why are people Googling Pawn Shop Chronicles Explained? What's in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Did Chris Nolan direct this? Why is there Explained article? It's probably better than Tenet. <laughs> All right. Well, honestly, I know I'm going to have to watch this movie at some point. I added it to my watch list. I'm giving it a thumbs up. I'm giving it a thumbs up. 
thumbs down. It gives me the bad touch. Because it's Megan's birthday, I'll give it a thumbs up. What does that mean? It's Nate's chasing Amy. All right, whatever. I'm thumbs downing for no reason. Thanks. All right, cool. Two. It's not going to get too high then. <laughs> Yo, Josh, Pawn Shop Chronicles, you know what it made at the box office? What? $8,088. Oh my God. Roger Ebert gave it one star. Anyway, uh, speaking of uh, awards, uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks Chipwrecked came out in 2011. And what won Best Picture in 2012 was The Artist. Oh, God. I know this is a hot take, but I'm defending The Artist here. Is that a hot take? I like The, I like the Artist a lot. I love The Artist. Yeah. Do people not like The Artist? Yeah, it's starting to get like backlash now for just being like, I don't know. I have a feeling a lot people would find it like pretentious like oh of course you're doing a black and white silent movie like it's not that cool like I, not... it doesn't have josh gad in it <laughs> and it's better for that yeah just like every movie ice age continental drift 2012 oh no josh gad joins an already expansive voice cast including ray romano dennis leary john leguizamo peter dinklage drake nick frost as he voices Lewis, I think he's like one of the little chipmunk critters, maybe. I, I don't really care, in all honesty. This is an Ice Age movie that's not the first one, so it's automatically a thumbs down for me. Yeah, this is a thumbs down for me for the same reason, but also because this is the first Ice Age movie that I did not see. I didn't see Dawn of the Dinosaurs either, but yeah, I agree. I saw that in a drive-in, so it doesn't really count. I think I saw the first three. I, they all really blended in together. After Well, this is the fourth one. Holy shit. When did this come out? 2012. Josh, you need to watch this one. This is the one with pirates. Oh, they've got pirates in this franchise now? Yeah, and they went to space in the movie after. Oh my god. This is like the animated version of what Fast and the Furious is doing right now. Isn't it? Isn't there? Aren't they making an Ice Age movie for Disney Plus now? Yeah, what you were saying about this, uh, this movie, uh, thanks for sharing, sounding like a book club movie. I wholeheartedly agree. This is a thumbs up. A book club movie? <laughs> I'm gonna give it a thumbs down. Yeah. Yeah, a book club movie. Yeah, thumbs down. Alden. Oh, thumbs down. This is not eyes wide shut. Up next, we've got uh, the 2013 Oscar bait Jobs. Uh, this is the one with Ashton Kutcher playing Steve Jobs, where I saw I saw this in theaters. <laughs> Josh Gad plays Steve Wozniak. The story of Steve Jobs Steve Jobs' ascension from college dropout into one of the most revered creative entrepreneurs of the 20th century i mean we all know this story and uh apparently josh gad plays this role extremely well according to the person whose uh, episode we're making this for i don't think he plays it as well as seth rogan does which is all you need to say about josh gad as a, as a performer i kind of like i don't i kind of feel bad for not josh gad for um ashton kutcher because it's like um i i really like ashton kutcher like but, like, he doesn't have the range for a performance like this. He, I think he really did try, but it, it's just not there. Yeah, I actually was reading this really interesting article, I think, like, today or yesterday about uh, Ashton Kutcher in this role. He wanted to, like, look the most like Steve Jobs that he could. So, like, a year in advance before this movie started filming, he started eating the same diet as uh, Steve Jobs. Yeah, I was about to talk about that. And then he was hospitalized because his like pancreas, uh, his pancreas was acting up, which is interesting because Steve Jobs died of pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. He was on that fruit only diet. Sounds like a really terrible uh, body choice. 
He made a lot of sacrifices, and then this movie just bombed. That's why I feel bad. I, he definitely tried. I feel like Ashton Kutcher got this role because I feel like on some level he does look like the Hollywood version of Steve Jobs, especially young Steve Jobs. Yeah, they look pretty similar. It's great for him that he tried it and everything. He went out for it, but like... I think that this movie just top to bottom, like it came out too soon, which is something that I always felt. Not that like, oh, it was too soon after his death, but like a respect thing. But just I don't think that they really put enough thought into it. It really felt like Jobs died. Let's immediately greenlight a movie. Yeah, it came out a little less than two years apart. Yeah, from his actual death. The, the, the real Steve Jobs died. So it's like, oh, now would be the most like profitable time to make a movie about him. The director is a hack. He made a bunch of straight to VHS movies in the 90s. And the writer literally has one credit and it's this movie. This wasn't going for anything serious. So you're telling me that director is the next director of the, the MCU? Uh, no. This man hasn't really made anything of note besides a TV series that got one season called Graves on Epics. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, Nick Nolte playing a president a former president it looks like he's got a romance movie greenlit right now that's been announced called closer to fine that has literally no information about it maybe he's directing the michael douglas ronald reagan miniseries that nobody is talking about <laughs> for good reason yeah i i can't recommend jobs i'm sorry this is a thumbs down from me i can recommend steve jobs from seeing a lot of interviews and just footage in general with steve wozniak he's nowhere close absolutely nowhere close i said it as kind of a joke but like seriously though like if seth rogan is outperforming you in the same role <laughs> yeah bro. granted he has better material to work with but still there's a better steve jobs biopic yeah it's definitely a thumbs down for me unfortunately sorry jk simmons fat zero for jobs i will say that it's my highest thumbs down i'm not sure i can say that I, I don't want it to be a thumbs up, but it's it's not below Marmaduke for me. The scene I really like is the scene where he's yelling at Bill Gates on the phone. Meaning Josh and I are going to be crashing Nicholas Worman's wedding. Um, and the two stars of Wedding Crashers, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, star in the next Josh Gad movie, the 2013 Google advertisement, The Internship. Oh, wait, this is a good movie. Is it? It was fine. Yeah. So which who's owen wilson and who's uh i feel like that much is obvious look at the poster <laughs> between me and nate yes oh you're right <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah was there any question there you definitely have more vince vaughn energy than i do and i guess by default i have more owen wilson energy than you do <laughs> Vince Vaughn just looks like he he would grow up in Scranton. <laughs> okay. Speaking of people who look like they grew up in Scranton, Dylan O'Brien is also in this movie. <laughs> um, Josh Gad's character is is named Headphones. I'm assuming he doesn't have a lot of screen time. I don't think he's one of like the young interns that helps them out toward the end. Yeah, I think he's in the trailer. If I remember incorrectly, he's part of like the group that the dylan o'brien like programmers are in my mom's a big vince von stan i remember watching this movie with her fred claus is pretty good freaky was actually pretty good too like it's a movie that people praise but i think it's somehow become underrated over time is swingers now we're talking about really good movies but i just want to say how much i love swingers swingers is a good movie john favreau before he was a hack john favreau a funny fat guy i like <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Before he was fat and swingers. <laughs> I'm giving the internship a thumbs up. It's a pretty soft thumbs up, but I saw this movie once and sort of liked it. So yeah, I agree. I'd give it a thumbs up. If it was out of ten, I'd give it like a a solid six, seven. I was a little more generous. Whoa, <laughs> I'm giving this like a five and a half. But I mean, it's a soft recommend. It might be a good movie to watch with your parents if you're, you know bored <laughs> the peak of josh gad's career with the 2013 movie frozen um this is a thumbs up for me yeah one of the more like memorable disney princess movies of this era just because that soundtrack is burned into our ears in the same way that uh millennials have uh the lion king soundtrack probably burned into theirs you know i'm gonna give it a thumbs down i agree with josh i don't like this movie i haven't seen it <laughs> um I want to give it a thumbs down solely because of how much I have heard that soundtrack, especially as a CD in our cars. It sucked, uh, but I'll have to give it a thumbs up. It's his best performance. I agree with that statement. And I think that when we get down to it and like actually like do the ranking, it's going to be number one. I just want to go on record saying I don't recommend Frozen. <laughs> that is fair. You know what kind of bugs me about Olaf? And correct me if I'm like, wrong on this because i haven't seen the movie but it seems like olaf is one of those disney characters where if you're under like seven years old you love that character but beyond that you don't i would i would bring that age lower when did this movie come out i guess i was 15 2013 was eight years ago holy shit remember when that movie was in theaters for like nine months too yes i didn't even see it in theaters i remember seeing the poster for this movie when i went to the bathroom at the end of gravity because i was holding it the entire movie <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm like all right she's crashing down to earth she's not gonna die i need to piss so frozen's got two thumbs up we're moving on to the zach braff indiegogo funded movie written and directed and starring zach braff you might know him from scrubs uh and nothing else <laughs> Uh, a struggling actor, father, and husband finds himself at a major crossroads, which forces him to examine his life, his family, and his career. His daughter is played by Joey King, who has second build in this movie, and his wife is played by Kate Hudson. A lot of character actors make cameos in this movie, including Jim Parsons, Josh Gad, um, James Avery, Uncle Phil. How big is Joey King's filmography? Pretty big. We could probably do a whole episode in this exact format for Joey King. I guarantee you Joey King's filmography is on average better than Josh Gad's. Well, Wish Upon exists, but maybe. <laughs> listen, listen, she was in uh, Dark Knight Rises. I don't think that there's a single movie that comes close to that in Josh Gad's filmography. I'm thumb downing Wish I Was Here. This whole project sounds disgusting. Really? You haven't seen this? No, have you? Yeah, it's pretty good, actually. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. I gotta rethink my thumb. It's not like great or anything, but I saw this one night on like uh, like Showtime or something when I couldn't sleep, and I was actually like pleasantly surprised. This movie's not bad. Okay, maybe I'm being a little too harsh. Yeah, I'll give it a thumbs up. It sounds, oh, it sounds like a good recommendation, even though I'm watching Pawn Shop Chronicles later. Yeah, it's free on Amazon Prime. By the way. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> thumbs up or down for Wish I Was Here? Nah, I'm thumbs downing this. All right, cool. It's rocking two thumbs up like Frozen then. Same tier. All right, so the Redding, the the Redding Winger, the, the Wedding Ringer. You almost foreshadowed Nick Rorman's wedding. <laughs> two weeks shy of his wedding, a socially awkward guy enters into a charade by hiring the owner of a company that provides best men for grooms in need. This is kind of like a hitch ripoff. 
where Josh Gad plays the Kevin James type and then Kevin Hart plays the uh the Will Smith type, but Josh Gad is marrying the the quote unquote hot chick from the Big Bang Theory. This movie I saw in theaters, it was okay. It was a, it was like a tier below hitch. It was it was funny enough. I'm giving this a thumbs up. Okay. I agree. If it's ripping off a Kubis Kino in Hitch, I have to give it a thumbs down. Listen, uh, George Garcia is in this movie, famous for playing Hurley and Lost. I have to thumb this up. I want a thumbs down because Kaylee from Big Bang Theory is in here. We're moving into the movie that started this all, Pixels. (laughs) (laughs) Because we first bullied Josh Gad in our uh, president tier list with president will cooper played by kevin james a man we would all campaign for josh gad plays ludlow lamansoff who has like one of the video game high scores so they call him to defeat this giant monster he uh falls in love and then marries cubert later at the end of this movie wow probably the funniest thing josh gad has ever been involved at least intentionally i'm giving this a thumbs down i agree i'm gonna give a thumbs down because i feel like i haven't seen the movie but i feel like josh gad probably got overshadowed by much funnier people in it yeah Peter Dinklage. I would just like to quote uh, Nicholas Rorman on Josh's take on Josh Gad in this movie. Quote, Nicholas Rorman, January 24th, 2021. Josh's Josh Gad take is the worst take I've ever heard him have. We know my takes. If you find that confusing, you might be a human. (laughs) On this show, I've said things such as Revenge of the Sith, the best Star Wars movie, or Shut up. Force Awakens, better than T2, drunkenly. Or I'm gonna say it, I don't think Hayden is that bad in Attack of the Clones. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen those photos of Hayden and Ewan McGregor working out, though? They're both getting jacked for that series. (laughs) Um, What I am excited for is to talk about the Angry Birds movie again. Um, (laughs) Are you? Yeah, sure. Starring Jason Sudeikis and Josh Gad. Josh Gad plays the yellow comedic relief bird that has Sonic the Hedgehog-like speed capabilities. That's racist. What? It's racist because they race. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, this movie stars a great comedic voice cast including danny mcbride maya rudolph bill Hader, peter dinklage again sean penn keegan michael key kate mckinnon i could keep going there's a pretty stacked cast here including ian haycox from smosh i guess oh and anthony (laughs) whoa whoa. damn titus burgess is in this movie that's a soothing voice for anybody to hear how did the smosh duo get in the angry birds movie right before they broke up what's the fucking angry birds movie bro. i'm actually like no cap this movie's not that bad yeah i, I enjoyed it i might thumbs this up i'm thumbsing it up especially because titus is in here i think out of all of the like soulless corporate entity like advertising movies that went out to kids like in the late 2010s this is one of the better ones it's it's no lego movie but it's pretty good i think i drafted both of these in the top five in our video game episode so i think i gotta give it a thumbs up angry birds movie rocking what three thumbs up four from jory that's a unanimous recommendation <laughs> holy shit that might be winning that means that it has to go down as one of the best things josh cat has ever done <laughs> <laughs> that is indeed what that means you know we talked briefly about exploitation films earlier and now we're talking about the 2017 film a dog's purpose uh josh gad voices four uh dogs in this movie that are kind of like reincarnate into themselves so he's basically a glorified narrator um there was a dog harmed in the making of this movie that went viral on twitter thank you amblin productions um yeah fuck this movie i like dennis quaid a lot but i'm giving this a thumbs down yeah i do 
This is below Mary and Joe for me. This might be his worst movie. (laughs) God. Thumbs down. Bro, imagine almost killing a dog for a movie and that movie being a dog's purpose. All right. (laughs) We're moving on. The 2017 Beauty and the Beast movie that is apparently saved by Josh Gad. That is another Nick Rorman patented take. Oh my God. He plays LeFou, the comedic relief henchman to Luke Evans, Evans Gaston. His name's just Luke Evans, not Luke Evans Evans. I had a stroke. <laughs> Do we think that uh, Josh Gad should have gotten the same amount of shit that James Corden has gotten for doing gay face in this movie? No, because I have no problem with straight people playing gay people. And I don't even know if Josh Gad's straight. <laughs> I don't think he is. I agree with one part of that. Is he gay in this movie? I'm pretty sure it's implied, but then again, I haven't seen this movie. It's softly implied because he's dancing with a man at the ending ballroom sequence. Yeah, the entire time he's like visibly fantasizing over... LeFou always struck me as gay in the original movie too. They rise of Skywalker did. Yeah, they did. I wonder if they cut it out in China. <laughs> they definitely cut it out in China. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I just think with like a film of so many more like better character actors like being completely wasted, where whether you have Stanley Tucci, Ian McKellen, Ewan McGregor. I mean, there's really some talented work here playing this ensemble. Um, Kevin Klein, even you've got Josh Gad just like lafooing his way through this movie. I, I don't really I don't I don't particularly care. This is a thumbs down for me. This movie sucks. I agree. Another, another Josh Gad seems to have a pattern of fear of having actors that I like, but feel bad because like, it's a disappointment for, because I really like Emma Watson and I want her career to uh, pursue like positively. Whoops. Yeah. uh, Beauty and the Beast wasn't it. The circle was though. Did you see she officially retired from acting like a couple days ago? I did see that. Oh shit, really? Good. I blame Josh Gad. I am with you, Nate. Like, I like the Harry Potter movies, but... No, I'm kidding. I hate to hear that anyone's career isn't going well. And, uh, you know, maybe she'll return with uh, the Harry Potter reboot coming soon. She'll definitely get cast as McGonagall in like 50 years. They're gonna, they're gonna Force Awakens this shit yeah but yeah josh uh going back to what you were saying about like feeling bad for like all of these actors that you like do you think do you think that they get disappointed when they're doing a project and then they look at the call sheet and they see josh gad is showing up to the table read <laughs> yes <laughs> they're like oh no i picked the wrong one they're like fuck <laughs> this is gonna be my worst movie <laughs> i'm thumbs upping beauty and the beast <laughs> so we got one then yeah. Moving on to his next project, Marshall. This is a movie I've really wanted to see. I just haven't had the opportunity. I haven't found it anywhere. The story of Thurgood Marshall, the crusading lawyer who would become the first African-American Supreme Court justice as he battles through one of his career cases. We've got Chadwick Boseman starring as Thurgood Marshall. Uh, Josh Gad's here. Kate Hudson's here. And then Sterling K. Brown. I mean, this got a pretty solid cast. Sounds like a good story. I, I think the argument that um, someone was making for uh, jobs earlier, this sounds like a much better supporting role for Josh Gad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm with Nate on this one. I've wanted to see this one for a while and just haven't gotten around to it. So I feel like by virtue of that alone, I have to recommend this because I am trying to seek this out. Yeah, this sounds good. I'd give this a watch. Well, give it a thumbs down just to piss off Nick. But Chadwick Boseman, Josh, I'm giving it a thumbs up. I think this is our first three thumbs up. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Mary and Joe. Mary and Joe. (laughs) 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 Okay, Murder on the Orient Express. We all know what this movie is. I'm giving it a thumbs down. (laughs) I 
I agree. I actually don't know. I'm going to give it a thumbs up because our boy Johnny needs the, all the support. Listen, it's not Johnny's fault that they cast Daisy Ridley in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Box office poison. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also Willem Dafoe, Judy Dench. I mean, there's a great supporting cast here. Yeah, there is. I thought it was really funny watching the trailer for this movie because the movie was marketed on the cast because like everybody knows the story on the orient express and the cast is extremely stacked uh <laughs> shut up josh do you actually not know the story of murder on the orient express uh do you know agatha christie uh <laughs> but anyway so this movie was marketed on its cast and it was always like looking at the cast list like you're like holy shit damn wow wait josh gad uh daisy ridley (laughs) (laughs) like every time i saw it i was like this movie looks up mate what yeah and then in the movie like johnny depp shows up you're like all right and then you realize oh wait he's the one that's getting murdered (laughs) the rest of the cast has to hold the movie and then you realize oh it's oh it's uh josh gad bro if they had josh gad playing the guy that got murdered they would have the entire theater clapping (laughs) i'm giving it a thumbs down. Josh, are you giving it a thumbs up? I will for Johnny. Bro, look at Kenneth Branagh's facial hair in this movie. Yeah, he grew that mustache for real. Yo. And he was also the director. Damn. This was like a passion project for him. Why didn't he get why didn't he get his good friend Nolan to direct this? A dog's purpose had a fucking sequel. Are you shitting me? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get there soon. <laughs> I think it's getting another if it hasn't already. They're spinoffs. There's like five books in the series now. Bruh. Um, Little Monsters, a washed up musician, teams up with a teacher and a kids show personality to protect young children from a sudden outbreak of zombies. Uh, starring Lapita Nuongo and Josh Gad. This sounds really interesting. I've never heard of this. This actually doesn't sound bad. Yeah, I'm going to thumbs up this one and add it to my watch list. Besides uh, Lupita Nyong'o and Josh Gad, I haven't heard of any of any of the cast, but this does sound like a fun concept, and the poster looks cool. So, is that guy whose second bill his last name is literally England? <laughs> England is a city. I think that this is also like good use of Josh Gad, where he's like a washed-up kids show personality. Post Frozen. Yeah, he's like this eccentric kind of like mr rogers on crack type and in a zombie movie that sounds kind of refreshing i hope he dies in it <laughs> i'm gonna look that up yeah I'm giving this a thumbs up. i think it's on hulu i think it's a hulu original i'm gonna give it a thumbs down just because we don't want too many sweeps here all right a dog's journey the first uh a dog's purpose spinoff movie god <laughs> yeah josh cat reprises his role as bailey and dennis quaid reprises his role as ethan as a dog finds the meaning of his own existence through the lives of the humans he meets um yeah i'm giving this a thumbs down i'm gonna ask an honest question real quick has there ever been a good movie that's about a dog i'm gonna argue and say fluke Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if y'all have seen that but it's depressing as shit you know the movie shaggy dog where tim allen turns into a dog yo wait that that's robert downey jr's real comeback role (laughs) (laughs) well it's that movie except the dad dies and gets reincarnated as a dog and then like watches his wife get a new husband which is like the his business partner who kind of may or may not have something to do with his death and then his son like adopts him as a dog and he's like watching his wife remarry his business partner and then he realizes that he was a horrible dad the whole time and then the dog dies fluke is a keto machine bro i feel like the meeting for that movie was like have y'all seen ghost all right 
How about dog? <laughs> Bro, starring Samuel L. Jackson and Matthew Modi, maybe this is Oh, so Samuel L. Jackson plays like a- another person that's been reincarnated as a dog and is like sharing his wisdom with this other dog. And then he dies in like the saddest scene of the movie. This is literally Ghost. You're telling me that this movie has the magical black guy trope, but, as- but he's a dog. <laughs> Luke gets my biggest thumb up that I've talked about this video. Alden's got three talking dog movies that are good. Yes. Gooby-Doo, One and Two, and Isle of Dogs. Do those really count? No, but yes. Isle of Dogs, maybe. Okay, Scooby-Doo might not, but I'm going to say Isle of Dogs definitely does. I don't think that one does either because it's an animated movie. That's true. When I'm thinking of, like, talking dog movies, I specifically mean this niche of, like, bro, I'm not going to see the movie about a dog. We've been pretty quiet about Airbud in this conversation. The Airbud movies aren't good. They're on the same tier as Disney Channel original movies. They're actually worse. Megan has her jaw dropped right now. I gotta apologize. <laughs> um, there are three good Air Bud movies. I was mostly talking about the Air Buddies movies. Uh, Santa Buddies, Snow Buddies, Buddies in Space. Nate, you're sleeping on some bangers. <laughs> I am not sleeping on the Air Buddies franchise. Uh, the first Air Bud where it plays basketball and then the volleyball one are both good. Whoa, it? Nate, I think you need to put up some respect on his name. <laughs> okay, well, no, because Air Bud's a female dog um played by a male dog so why are you gonna why are you gonna call somebody a bitch like that nate why are you gonna disrespect airbud is airbud the first like cinematic universe yeah megan almost threatened to leave me about the airbud shit so thank you <laughs> you should have said the same thing about the stacy's mom shit we've got the angry birds movie too i haven't seen this one but it, it, it's got the same cast as the first one, except now the pigs and the birds team up, and I think they have a bigger uh, ensemble of, of villains to defeat here. I don't know. This doesn't look good, but it's probably about as good as the first one, so giving it a thumbs up. I'm going to give it a thumbs down. I'm going to give it a thumbs up, like a slightly less emphatic thumbs up than the first one, which already was kind of like, okay. I'll give it a thumbs up. I think that's three then. Damn, Sterling K. Brown is in this movie. <laughs> is it Kino? It might be Kino. All right, we got Frozen 2. Thumbs down. I agree. Sure, I'm with the... Listen, I know that I have a controversial opinion on the first Frozen, but this movie is bad. This movie sucks, dude. Like, even if you were a fan of the first one, I don't understand how you could watch this one and tell me it was good. I kind of like the themes of, like, colonialism in it. It, like, tries to have a deeper, like, underlying political theme, especially in comparison to the first. Nate, I want to ask you, did you see this? Yeah. So you know that those themes of colonialism are only in it for, like, a scene. Like, they build up to it for 20 minutes, and then it disappears from the plot. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, I'm not giving it that point. I I am, because it opens the door to intrigue and allows me to speculate more about the war crimes that these pair of uh, ruling sisters have held on their people. And more importantly, the indigenous people of this magical kingdom. I don't think it does because they kind of forgive each other as soon as they beat the big guys at the dam or bridge or whatever it is. This is like an avatar scenario where you have to go beyond the film itself and look at Disney as a corporation. And the fact that they're opening the door into the discussion of colonialism is is interesting because the last time they did this was Pocahontas. 
Um, they could have absolutely paid somebody off to do that, but the fact that it wasn't there alone to me says that they don't care about this movie. Yo, not gonna lie, though, the trailer for this movie was kind of cool. Yeah, it was. It has the coolest scene in the movie. Yeah. But Alfred Molina's in this movie. He plays Agnar. Okay. All right. I'm gonna be the only person giving this a point. It's a bad movie, but... I think it's interesting. This movie's interesting to me because I feel like Frozen was like the biggest thing ever. And I feel like this this movie had hype, but then when it came out, it just didn't feel like... Six years is too long in this... Like the people that grew up with the original were like the wrong demographic for this movie. They were like 15, 16. They didn't give a shit. I also think that it was just straight up bad. <laughs> yeah, I agree to a certain extent. But Josh Gad is not on the up and up. His last movie is the very cursed Artemis Fowl straight to Disney this June, Disney Plus this June or past June, I should say. 31 Metascore. According to Rob, who has been on the show twice, um, he says that Josh Gad is the best part of Artemis Fowl. He's in all the YouTube thumbnails. Oh, that's true. I, I didn't even finish this movie. I couldn't. I literally couldn't. I tried to watch it ironically. I think I was intoxicated and I couldn't get through it. This was, this one was rough. I think I only got through, yeah, a thumbs down. Unanimous thumbs down. I think I only got through one scene that Josh Gad was in. I want to mention the Central Park Apple whatever TV series. It sucks, but it has a ton of marketing. Yeah, it does. They're, they're advertising the shit out of it here in New York, obviously. I feel like the most I've ever seen Apple TV marketing was that one time that we went to New York. <laughs> like, they had shit plastered all over, like, Jason Momoa's face and stuff. They were. I was like, wait, do people actually care about this? And then I realized, wait, no, that's not how advertising works. <laughs> Sweet. So now we've got to rank from worst to best the movies based on the total number of thumbs they got. So... Here at the zero thumbs tier, we've got Artemis Fowl, Ice Age, Continental Drift, Thanks for Sharing, Jobs, Pixels, A Dog's Purpose, and A Dog's Journey. I'm going to be the first to say it. A Dog's Journey is the worst movie he's ever made. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I agree. See, I was saying A Dog's Purpose is worse because as far as I know, A Dog's Journey didn't have any uh, animal welfare problems. True. And as problematic as it is that it even got a sequel, I still think that it's worse that a dog was almost drowned on A Dog's Purpose. What if I told you the shot that the dog almost drowned in is reused in this movie? my god bro see i kind of respect that more than them doing it in the first place <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean because like it's like they know but they also aren't trying it again they're just gonna reuse it <laughs> they're just like fuck it <laughs> you know what maybe a dog's journey is going over out of his foul for me <laughs> <laughs> I think a dog's purpose is just way worse. A dog's purpose, though, at least has like three different like narratives going on. I feel like that makes me three times less interested. It's not like the next one focuses on a new step of that journey. It goes back to one of the steps in the first movie, the one story that's 25 minutes long into a spinoff movie. That's way worse. To me, what's in this movie has nothing to do with why it's at the lowest place on my list. Bro, they almost drowned a fucking dog on the set of this movie. This is the worst movie Josh Gad has ever been involved in. Yeah. Sure. All right, fine. Dog's Purpose, number 20. I mean, a dog's journey could go right after it. Yeah, it can. <laughs> a dog's journey, number 19. <laughs> Listen, as bad as the movie might be, at least they didn't do that. Sure, sure. I feel that. 
now we've got Pixels Jobs. Thanks for sharing the one about Sex Addicts Anonymous with Tim Robbins, Ice Age Continental Drift, and Artemis Fowl. Artemis Fowl? Yeah, Artemis Fowl. And then Ice Age. Yeah, Ice Age Continental Drift number 17. All right, now uh, the Sex Addict one. Mm -hmm. I agree. Hey, Nick, feel free to stop us whenever these start getting good. (laughs) We've got Jobs and Pixels, which is the best of the worst. I'd rather watch Pixels than Jobs, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's true, but Jobs is the better movie. Yeah, but when we're at this tier, when it's like... (laughs) (laughs) Ashton Kutcher trying and not quite succeeding at doing a good steve jobs isn't as entertaining as like a bunch of great comedians not doing their best work and there's cool video game references yeah pat man it we have president kevin james he's the king of the united states uh movies that got one vote we've got um frozen 2 rocker beauty and the beast and murder on the orient express Frozen 2 can probably go at the bottom. Well, no, no. Frozen 2 is at least an original story, although it's not good. Uh, Beauty and the Beast is the worst out of those four. I want to put Frozen 2 before Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I I really hated Frozen 2. Okay, Frozen 2 can be number 13. And now Beauty and the Beast can go. Damn, you really think the Beauty and the Beast remake is better than Frozen 2? Yeah, I've seen it multiple times. I've not seen Frozen 2 once. All right, and then we've got Murder on the Orient Express and Rocker. Rocker's probably next. Yeah. I want to put Rocker above it, but I think the story of Murder on the Orient Express is... I've seen some clips of Rocker. Way better. There's no way. Even if Murder on the Orient Express is mediocre Oscar bait, no. I would rather watch mediocre Oscar bait than what rocker is I, I feel like if i wanted to watch rocker i would just watch the dewey cox story again yeah which is fantastic damn imagine if murder on the uh orient express actually like got buzz and josh gad got a nom daisy ridley i'm telling you <laughs> was always the odd man out on that cast and now for the films that got two thumbs up we've got uh crossing over she wants me frozen wish i was here the wedding ringer uh, she wants me. Yeah. I'm still waiting to get into the good movies. <laughs> yep. We'll get there eventually. Well, Wish I Was Here is here, but I don't know about good. It's it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> Instead of She Wants Me, I accidentally wrote She Wants Men. <laughs> um, How about Crossing Over next? I don't even remember. What's that one about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember either. Oh, that's the really problematic one with Harrison Ford about immigration. Yeah, that, that should have gone under She Wants Me, but it's too late. It's too late now this is like one of the better movies according to this crossing over crossed over i don't i don't even know who you are oh wait marmaduke's also here (laughs) i think marmaduke should go over crossing over (laughs) damn okay marmaduke's next well actually we've got frozen wish i was here and marmaduke can we put marmaduke over frozen Yo. <laughs> actually no no we can't yeah we can nate don't be scared marmaduke is dog shit <laughs> you know they're the same tier we should have thought about this 
One of these movies is going to be in our all-time bracket. We could have really beamed this up. Oh, no. We could have had Marmaduke in the all-time bracket for season two. I guess we're having love and other drugs in the all-time bracket. All right, all right, all right. So what's going next? Is it Marmaduke or Frozen? Um, There's Marmaduke, Frozen, Wish I Was Here, and The Wedding Ringer left to discuss here. Let's um, put The Wedding Ringer. Dude, Marmaduke is definitely worse than The Wedding Ringer. I haven't even seen Marmaduke. I don't think you need to. It's a talking dog movie about based off of a comic strip. It's not good. Bro, imagine like imagine your parents said we have Garfield at home. <laughs> yes, it's a worse Garfield movie than the both both of the Garfield movies. What are you talking about? Tale of Two Kitties is Kino. Kubis Kino. Kubis Kitty Kino. I tried watching Tale of Two Kitties on Netflix probably in like 2013 or 14. And it was mixed so poorly that the music just I, I couldn't hear any dialogue at all. I have a vivid memory of watching of watching that movie on a DVD player in, in like an Olive Garden. <laughs> I definitely watched the Garfield movie, the first one, not Tale of Two Kitties, uh, in theaters with my sister. And I was like three and bored as hell. I think I might have fallen asleep. I remember seeing like 15 minutes of Tale of Two Kitties on Cartoon Network when they on Sundays or whatever day it was that they did that. All right. So Marmaduke's number seven. We've got the wedding ringer. Wish I was here in Frozen. Uh, the wedding or not the wedding ringer. Uh, wish I was here can probably go here. Okay. Yeah. Wish I was here. And then we've got the wedding ringer and Frozen left. Do we want boneless Disney princess or boneless hitch winning this, this tier? Boneless hitch. Boneless hitch wins. Boneless Disney princess. All right. Boneless hitch it is. Oh, wow, there's more than 20 of these. All right. <laughs> Top 20-ish. <laughs> Top 20-ish. 20-ish Josh Gad movie. Fans are going to be so fucking confused. <laughs> the fact that we're doing this before Illumination just makes me really happy. <laughs> <laughs> this is only the second actor list we've ever done to. <laughs> Eddie Murphy to Josh Gad, true combo. All right, so the ones that got three thumbs up, we've got Mary and Joe... Uh, Marshall, Little Monsters. Yeah, the Angry Birds movie 2. My bad. <laughs> Bro, I'm pissed we let Mary and Joe get in this tier. Yeah, can we put that first? Oh, we could have put that in the all-time bracket. We still can. I'd rather not. Yeah, Mary and Joe got really high. I'd, I'd rather have Angry Birds 2 in our all-time bracket. Speaking of which, I do think Angry Birds 2 should go next, because at least Marshall sounds like a good movie, and Little Monsters at least piqued my interest. Yeah. We have Mary and Joe at the first spot in this tier, right? Yeah, it's already it's already placed. Okay, I was going to say, I was like, we didn't talk about placing that, so I got scared. <laughs> it was kind of like one of those automatic things. Yeah, very fair. No contest. Yeah, Angry Birds movie two, and then we're between Little Monsters and Marshall next. Little Monsters. I feel like if we were being real and actually did homework for this, Marshall might take it, like, unironically. Yeah, I think you might be right. I do want to see, out of all of these, I do want to see Little Monsters the mess. Bro, fucking ten months from now, we're going to be putting this all-time bracket together, and we're going to be like, oh yeah, we did do a Josh Gad list. We're going to be like, wait a second, why is watching the detectives on this <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the ones that got four thumbs up unanimous thumbs up across the panel based off their description and probably not actually seeing them we've got watching the detectives 21 love and other drugs the internship and the angry birds movie for the best josh gad movie uh so is the first one the internship um i yeah 
Yeah, I feel like he's not in the movie much, so it kind of shares the same tier as like watching the detectives, except. Uh... But that's a positive towards the movie. Yeah, but the movie's not really that good. I feel like it's probably better than watching the detectives. Watching the detectives just sounds interesting. Yeah, but you've got two good, like, charismatic leads and good actors. You got Killian Murphy and Lucy Liu. I mean, that sounds interesting to me. Yeah, but I can say the same thing about the internship where you have Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, where even... <laughs> Not really. You've got two tired old guys that have made better movies together before. Yeah. But that's like where we're at. Killian Murphy's been in some much better movies, I'm sure, than this. Yeah, okay, fair. So has Lucy Liu. What about 21? 21's not a good movie. I've seen it, and I know that. Yeah, we can put 21. I, 21 is fine. Yeah, 21 made it over Marshall, and I'm kind of upset about it. Yeah, do we want to honorarily move Marshall up a tier? No. I know Josh only... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how this works, I guess. I'm making a new format on the spot, and Josh being a contrarian and downvoting it makes us look problematic for putting Kevin Spacey over the late, great uh, Chadwick Boseman. Yo, one spot over two. Josh really fucked us. <laughs> this was Josh's choice. Josh, you did this. <laughs> I don't even know who you are to either of these movies. All right, so I've at least seen the internship. I haven't seen watching The Detectives. I, your argument's starting to make sense to me, Jory. Yeah. I mean, just look at the poster for that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's Lucy Liu. That's why I want it over top. Watching The Detectives, we've got uh, The Internship, Love and Other Drugs, and The Angry Birds movie rounding out the top of this list. The Internship goes next. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it will. This next one is tough because Love and Other Drugs is a genuinely good movie. Like, I don't know if I want to be unironic about the Josh Gad top 20. I don't want to be uh, unironic. The Angry Birds movie should be number one. I kind of agree because it's a movie that I went into with very little expectations. I didn't know Josh Gad was even in the movie. He doesn't even like I was a little worried that he'd just be like Olaf again. Uh, when I did find out it was him, it wasn't. It wasn't like he was doing Olaf. He was doing like this like cracked up like bird that is on speed and kind of has a cocaine problem. And I found that interesting. I think it might be his best performance to date. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Josh Gad himself. I go in with very low expectations. Like, love and other drugs, if I'm not mistaken. He's playing a crappy comedic relief uh, roommate, right? He is playing the fat roommate, right? Yeah, so if we go by the logic that this is the Josh Gad list, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's how Angry Birds the movie made it to our <laughs> greatest films of the year. <laughs> it's gonna go up against, like, Zodiac. Yeah, what if we, like, sorted them by release date so, like, we could just rig it to go up against, like, Birdman or some shit? Hopefully something that we're really not that enthused about wins again so we can have, like, a Santa Claus is coming to town versus walk the line moment. Do <laughs> <laughs> you like how the three of us were kind of like, yeah, no, Santa Claus is coming to town. It made sense. Damn, this shit could go up against, like, uh, fucking The Prestige. <laughs> this shit is going up against Vice. <laughs> when is Vice gonna make it on our all-time, though? I have to find a way to get Christian Bale's entire filmography on the all-time. Because, Josh, did you see? I just bought American Hustle today. <laughs> I actually, no, I haven't seen American Hustle. Really? I think, I think you would like that movie a lot. I think you would, too. Yeah, it's been on my must-watch for a while. I think it would be your favorite Jennifer Lawrence movie. Oh, yeah. I actually, unironically, do really like Silver Linings Playbook. I do, too. Yep, those are the two good ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, Excuse me, Nate, what about X-Men Days of Future Past? Yep, those are the two good ones. I think she, det she detracts from that one. 
She's better in first class. Uh, yeah. I have spoken. Wait until she's Sue Storm, according to some article in <laughs> Bro, how awkward would it be if she's Sue Storm and Mystique in the MCU? <laughs> There'd be so many theories like, this is why she's actually Mystique in the Fantastic Four movie. Uh, yeah, there would. I hate that WandaVision has enabled MCU uh, fans to essentially be like the second wave of QAnon and crazy-ass conspiracy theories. Everyone's dissecting this WandaVision show and like trying to come up with some like crazy like, oh, this means like the Fantastic Four are going to be introduced in the next episode. And it's like they're not going to introduce the fucking Fantastic Four in an episode of a really shitty Disney Plus series. They were finishing on eight episodes, right? Yeah, next week's the last episode. This week, you mean? You say the last episode, but I read a Kevin Feige interview yesterday that said that never say never when it comes to season two of that show. Yeah, he, he saw how much money made and was like oh we can make more money exactly no i think there's nine episodes alden there's one next week okay that's the big finale and we also talk about how much worse all of those uh reviews that said like mcu meets black mirror have gotten over time now that we actually have seen the show oh sorry josh you've actually seen it you can speak to it better i haven't seen today's episode yet but uh the first when the first two episodes were in black and white and people were comparing it to twilight zone was so like what it was literally supposed to rip off bewitched like directly how are people drawing comparisons to a completely different show because they haven't seen that show and they want to make it seem like it's smarter than it actually is like even in the episode that came out today they show bewitched in a pile of dvds or vhs or whatever how many people who watch the mcu religiously do you think have actually seen bewitched i've seen the will ferrell one yeah that's more than probably most <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally saw like four episodes of I Dream of Genie over Christmas vacation, so. <laughs> Yo, that shit's always on in the break room at work. Yeah, no, I feel like WandaVision is actually just the uh, adult swim sketch too many cooks, but for like Marvel fans. It feels like something that went on way too long. <laughs> yeah, they just code it into like TV and pop culture of like different decades, just like that, like too many cooks does for the like 80s and 90s. But then it also has like these like, ooh, it's low key dark, like, oh, let's flash Vision's corpse again because it's been 20 minutes and people are bored. The first episode was fine. This episode was fine. In between, not so much. You know what? I love WandaVision. Here we go. I love WandaVision because this is the thing that finally made me go, I'm done with the MCU. I really don't care. <laughs> That yeah, was far from home for me. See, I thought it was far from home, but I still watched the first two episodes of WandaVision, so it wasn't true. <laughs> but, like, I keep getting articles in my newsfeed. I haven't watched the show, but I know everything that happens in it because I keep getting headlines, and it's like, what this means? Like, oh my god, uh, Pietro Maximoff, da 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 Like, I, I really just don't give a shit anymore. I am, I am free. Thank you. They seem to have shut down the multiverse thing, which... I don't understand. I don't know why I watched the show. Um, I, I think it's like a 13 reasons why thing where just people around me keep talking about it. So I just, I watch it. I know that's a really shitty way of watching something and I shouldn't consume just because. You're also paying for the Disney Plus subscription that we're using. That's very true. That's very true too. But I have, I have friends who talk about it. So it's just kind of fun to be in that social norm and like talk at least, or at least know what they're 
talking about. Also, these episodes are short as fuck, thankfully. I really don't feel like it. <laughs> if I can say any positive about WandaVision, and I, I mean, it, it is like the new water cooler discussion primetime television show for this generation. I mean, I don't like it. But at least, like, everyone I know is talking about it. At least, like, every other TikTok I see is about WandaVision, even though I've never seen a single episode, nor do I plan to. I I mean, it's kind of, like, lost in a way, where I think people are really going to care about it in this binge, and then it's just going to get, like, lost to time as the the writing falls apart. And it probably won't fall apart specifically for WandaVision, but we've got, like, nine of these shows, like, slated for the next few years. They don't even know what they're doing with their movies. The last MCU movie we've gotten was a Spider-Man one. The next one we're getting is going to be a Spider-Man one. <laughs> to me, it feels, like, disingenuous, though, in a way. Like, it feels like everybody is kind of in that same spot where it's like, okay, I'm watching this because people watch it and people talk about it. But, like, you didn't see that for, for instance, The Mandalorian, which, like... Like when it caught on fire, it seemed like people actually did like love it. And there was a lot to love there, even for somebody like me who wasn't like the biggest fan of the direction that it started to take. Like there was a reason to come back to it. It was a good show that wasn't just trying to keep you on the hook, like with these uh, kooky twists. Well, that was the second season. It was, hey, we're introducing this character from Clone Wars. Hey, we're introducing this character from Clone Wars. That's why I fell off that show, because it became, we're going to add a kooky twist every other episode so people continue talking about it. It it lost exactly what it was. Do you think that's what they're going to do with all their shows? Yes. I know it takes three to make a pattern, but like so far we're at two. Well, we'll find out with the Winter Soldier and whatever his name is, uh, Hawk guy falcon yeah we'll, we'll find out with that show even though now he's captain america so not by name just by like identity i don't know the more i learn about the bucking and the winter soldier bucking and the winter soldier <laughs> falcon and winter soldier show it's it sounds like it could be like I don't know. They got fucking, was it like Kurt Russell's son playing this, like the government's Captain America? That could be funny. They really are portraying this as a comedy. Like an action thriller series? I, I don't know where this comedy bit's coming. It's also an MCU show, so like they're gonna do that shitty quippy humor that they've been doing in every movie since Guardians 1, trying to emulate James Gunn's style poorly. I'm just saying there could be some ironic funny in that. Um, I don't know about the show itself. I don't know why it's a rated R. I i i just don't see a reason why that's needed at all i don't think it's gonna be like tvma to any capacity it is yeah yeah they came out with the ratings huh yeah right <laughs> unless lucky is gonna start saying fuck now that captain america isn't around <laughs> language <laughs> you better not say the n-word <laughs> yeah no they're gonna bring it back chris evans just to say it once oh it's got a tv 14 Oh, cringe. I was thinking that because Kevin Feige in his most recent interviews has also been talking about how Deadpool 3 is the only R-rated thing that they have planned. Whatever, the Blade reboot is no longer going to be R-rated. Yeah, which makes me not interested at all anymore. Which is a waste of Mahershala Ali, so good job, Feige. And a waste of the character. Yeah, yeah. Um, Should I read this list of Josh Gad movies? Sure, why not? When's Josh Gad going to be in the MCU? Probably soon. Why Why will he play Moda? in the fantastic four movie (laughs) honestly that could be his breakthrough (laughs) he's had his breakthrough frozen came and went oh i mean his critical breakthrough that could be the new number one on this list (laughs) (laughs) i feel like there could be better casting but 
he's already intertwined with Disney. Did you guys see uh, that Modoc show on Hulu? I'm pretty sure Rain Wilson is playing him, which I think is way better casting. That is way better casting. Uh, number 26, the worst Josh Gad movie, A Dog's Purpose. Number 25, A Dog's Journey. Number 24, Artemis Fowl. 23, Ice Age, Continental Drift. 22, Thanks for Sharing. 21, Jobs. 20, Pixels. 19, Frozen 2. 18, Beauty and the Beast. 17, Rocker. 16, Murder on the Orient Express. 15, She Wants Me. 14, Crossing Over. 13, Marmaduke. 12, Wish I Was Here. 11, Frozen. 10, The Wedding Ringer. 9, Mary and Joe. 8, The Angry Birds Movie 2. 7, Little Monsters. 6, Marshall. 5, 21, Thank You, Josh. 4, Watching the Detectives. Three, the internship. Two, love and other drugs. And number one, the Angry Birds movie. Well, thank you everyone for joining us on this sloppy yet impromptu and casual conversation ranking Josh Gad movies in loving memory of Nicholas Rorman. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Um, I mean, he'll be back on hopefully in a couple months. We had a little bit of a scheduling hiccup, uh, but I think we've got it figured out. And Josh and I will be crashing his wedding very soon. Yeah, what's his new name going to be again? <laughs> He's marrying a female and she's taking his last name, Jory. But Carmichael, right? No. <laughs> Listen, Nate, I think that you've got some regressive attitudes towards <laughs> marriage. <laughs> Nicholas Carmichael. Carmichael. Yes, Nicholas Carmichael will be rejoining us in April. Actually, no, in uh, the month after May. Oh, I told him April. <laughs> no, 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 but you were saying after the marriage because he's getting married on the 23rd of May. Yeah, so then he'll be Nicholas Carmichael. Uh, do we have any more closing thoughts? Oh, uh, no. Everyone watch WandaVision. It's the future. <laughs> Is Josh got a good actor? Tell us why you don't think so in the comments below. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad to make a little stink piece on Josh Gad. I have no beef with the guy. I mean... I agree. This is a stink piece on Nicholas Carmichael. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Gad because of his songs on the present soundtrack? Yo, I'll put a I'll put a stink piece on uh, Michael Douglas movies one of these days. On who? Michael Douglas. You mean gay actor Michael Douglas? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, no, definitely check out So Far It's So Good. Uh, the whole reason we booked this episode is because we wanted to promote um, Nicholas Rorman and a Eamon Haggerty's uh, new endeavor in their sketch comedy series. It's really funny. They just had a new episode drop today. I'm going to leave a link in the description below, but what they do is it's a variety variety uh comedy show they do a podcast one week a, a comedy series another week a couple sketches and then they have a segment that's like a weekend update type thing it's it's hilarious check it out variety by the month new videos every week they're doing a great job with managing their content that they have shot over the past few months and have a good schedule good head on their shoulders we'll be plugging it again soon if you want to laugh and you want to see some people put effort into content instead of us <laughs> yeah check it out Thank you for listening to today's episode of Duel of the Takes. Next week will be a bracket style to debate, where we will determine the best Kids Choice Awards favorite movie winner. Special thanks to Anchor.fm for sponsoring today's episode. And remember, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.